As a Christian, it's important to know what you believe and why you believe it. Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chappell challenges us to become rooted and grounded in our faith. Satan is going everywhere he can looking for lives to destroy. And your hope and my hope is not found in therapy. It's not found in religion. It's not found in spiritism. It's not found in signs. It's not found in experiences. Your hope and mine is found in Jesus Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We live in a shallow and uprooted society, but as Christians, we can be firmly rooted in our relationship with Christ. In our series, Rooted for Growth, we will discover the nutrients we need to remain spiritually strong. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you don't have a healthy spiritual root system, then every part of your life is impacted negatively. Through today's scriptures, we will explore what it means to be a rooted Christian who is growing in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And now, here's Pastor Paul Chapel with part two of a message called, A Rooted Vineyard. So in this teaching, Jesus is the vine, he's the source of life and truth. But the heavenly father is sovereign as the husbandman, so he can prune or purge this vineyard as he fits. And, and God is sovereign in the affairs of men. He's, we used to sing as a kid, he's got the whole world in his hand, right? He's the husbandman. So he looks at the vineyard. He is concerned that the vineyard knows and abides in Christ and bears fruit uh, for his glory. And so to allow that fruit to bear uh, more bountifully, he sometimes will purge in the vineyard or prune the vineyard. My father-in-law was kind of a lay horticulturalist, you might say. He loved to garden. He loved to plant trees. And one day I went to their house, and they'd had this fairly decent-looking peach tree. It had seven or eight peaches that year, and, and it was a nice little tree. And I went there a month or two later and uh, walked in the backyard, and where that peach tree had once stood, there now was basically a stump, I mean about two inches around not one branch, not one leaf. I mean, just literally a stump. And I remember looking at that and saying to myself, he has killed that nice peach tree. What is he doing? I mean, I've heard of pruning a tree, but I've never heard of taking something down to the stump like that. And literally, I thought, the days of fruit bearing for that tree are over. But much to my surprise, I went into his backyard the next year and that stump had become a bountiful tree filled with fruit. And even to this day, it is a huge, huge peach tree. And if the early freeze doesn't get the blooms, I'm telling you what, a lot of peaches come on that tree. And, and what he knew was that the pruning process was necessary to bring fruitfulness to that tree. And the husbandman, God, knows how to purge and prune our lives so that we can bear more fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's two kinds of, of purging that we want to see. The one type of purging is when there is a dead branch that needs to be cut off, like Judas Iscariot. The other kind of purging is when there's a live branch, but it needs to be pruned back so it can bear more fruit. So let's look at those two very quickly. The purging of a false profession. It says in verse 2, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. It also says in verse 6 that those branches are cast into the fire and burned. 
Now, Jesus waited until Judas had left the disciples to give this teaching. Once the disciples had left, Jesus begins to reveal concerning this purging process. Jesus is like the dead, uh, Jesus is saying that Judas is like the dead branch that is now removed, being purged from the vine because it was not truly ever alive. Judas was a professor, but not a possessor. There are a lot of people who say, ah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, grandma was a Christian. You know, I'm a, I live in America, one nation under God. I'm a Christian. And that's really about as far as it goes. They say it, but they know nothing about really knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior. Judas was that way. And there are many like that today. In fact, in 1 John 2 and verse 19, the Bible says, they went out from us because they were not of us. Sometimes you'll see someone that, you know, they go with the show for a little while, their wife is mad at them, so they go to church so they can get things patched up. Three or four weeks into it, mama's happy, and boom, they're gone. Because they never were a follower of Jesus, they were just in crisis management mode. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. Well, make sure we're on the same page here, right? So... So they, they were like Judas. They maybe didn't betray Jesus for silver, but they were not a true believer in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that false profession will be purged away from this vine. Notice the second type, though, in verse 2. It says, every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. So this is a reference to Christians who are in Christ. They're alive. They've even shown some signs of spirituality. Maybe they were loving where they weren't loving before. Maybe they're witnessing. Maybe their life has been changed somewhat. And yet God will allow trials into a Christian's life, not because he hates us, but because he wants us to bear more fruit. He wants to do a work in our heart. And so he purges us. The word purge there is the Greek word kathairo. Some of you have heard of the word catharsis or a cleansing. God says, I'm going to do some cleansing work in your life. I'm going to purge some bad stuff out of your heart so that you can bear more, th- more fruit. In fact, you'll notice there uh, in verse 3, it says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So there's two ways that we can be cleaned or purged. One way that we are cleaned is by the word of God. We need to be opening the Bible. Thy word have I, have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. The Bible cleans our heart. Now you take, a, you take the average man who spent his whole week uh, hearing all kinds of filthy stories and watching Hell's Box Office and all the rest of it and just living in America, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter who you are, myself or any other man in this room, every one of us need to be cleaned by this book right here. That was a little weak, fellas, but you know, some of you have reached perfection. I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, let you play that game for a moment. Every man in here needs to be cleaned by the Word of God. Every one of us, need to, we need the preaching, the teaching, we need to read the Bible, because God uses His Word to clean our hearts, and we all need it, especially in today's society. The other way that God cleans us or purges us uh, is through the trials that come into our lives. Sometimes we have trials that come into our lives, and uh, and, and, and it seems like we listen to God much more intently when the trials come, when the difficulties come into our lives. And yet it's during those times that God takes away pride and he takes away self-thought and he humbles us and he prepares us for the greater works ahead. There was a man in the early 1900s named Samuel Bringle. He was a Salvation Army preacher. And the Salvation Army used to be just that. I mean, it wasn't just ringing bells and all that. They did that as well. But, I mean, they preached Christ, and they, they gave altar calls for people to receive Christ. And this man, Samuel Bringle, he was uh, in charge of the operation in Boston. 
And he had been out giving out some gospel leaflets and talking to people about Jesus one day. He came around a corner where there was a bar. There's a bunch of drunk guys out there. And they saw him. And he had his, this Salvation Army uniform on and so forth. And some guy, probably half drunk, took a brick, looked at this preacher, and threw that brick as hard as he could right into his skull. Pastor was laid down in the hospital for months and months. It was really a difficult time. They thought he would die for some weeks in the early going. And then it took about 18 months for him to finally recover from the head injuries. During the last months of his recovery, he wrote a little booklet. The little booklet was entitled, Helps to Holiness. Helps to Holiness. And that little booklet began to gain wide circulation in the early 1900s. Christians everywhere were reading it. And as he got back out and began to do a little preaching out, people would come up to him and they would say, you know, that little book helps to holiness. That really helped my life. Thank you for that book. It made a difference in my life. And finally, uh, this uh, preacher, Bringle, he began to tell people, you know, if it had not been for that little brick, there never would have been that little book. And his wife took the brick, and she wrote on that brick, Genesis 50, 20. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. And you see, what Joseph learned and what Samuel Bringle learned and what some of you have learned is that some of the most painful experiences of our lives are simply the tools of God to purge away some of the pride, some of the anger, some of the selfish thought, so that we can be a vessel unto honor, bearing more fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the fruit of the Spirit grows in the womb of adversity. And when we are uh, going through the times of adversity, we are more likely to really listen to God. I believe it was uh, C.S. Lewis who said this, God whispers through pleasure, but he shouts to us through pain. He whispers through times of pleasure, but he shouts through times of pain. For example, some of you this morning, you're kind of in and out. You're tired maybe. You're thinking about what's for lunch. When's this preacher going to shut up? Whatever. And God, you know, God's kind of whispering to you. You're hearing some of this, but you know, it's not like, oh, I need this. He whispers when we're okay because you're employed right now. You got money in the bank. You're healthy. Your kids are healthy. What do you need this for? You're just here because everyone told you to come. God whispers in our pleasure, but he shouts in our pain. See, it just takes one doctor's visit to get you to listen. It just takes one pink slip. And suddenly the Christian who, you know, I'll take it or leave it type thing, suddenly that Christian realizes, you know what? I need to listen to what God's got to say. Hey, I, I, I want to know what the word says. Hey, God, clean me, clean me, clean me. I, I realize it now. I was living a wicked life. I repent, Lord. Tell me what I need to know, Lord, because I want to bear fruit for you, not for me anymore, you see. And this is the way that God many times works. Now, sometimes when trouble comes into our lives, we can get a little bit anxious. We can get a little bit nervous about that. I heard about a man that went to the doctor. He was filled with anxiety. He said, doctor, help me, help me. I need your help. He said, I think I'm dying. He said, everywhere I touch, it hurts. My stomach hurts. My leg hurts. My head hurts. He said, everywhere I touch, it hurts. And so the doctor said, all right, all right. Let me do an exam on you. Let's see what's going on here. The doctor came back to him and said, Mr. Smith, he said, I have some good news and I have some bad news for you. He said, the good news is you're going to live. The bad news is your finger, it's broken. You ever get to that place where everything's going wrong? It just seems like everything hurts and you get nervous. But I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't allow trials just to play a game with us. 
but he wants us to grow through the times of purging. And he says, I want you to let my word clean you so that you can bear more fruit. That's the progression. Secondly, we grow through abiding with him. Look at this in verse 4. It says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. So the word abide means to remain. No one is going to bear fruit for the Lord if we're not remaining in the Lord. It means to stay with Him. It means to walk with Him. It means to open your word, the Word and listen to Him. It means to be faithful in your walk with Him. Most of us in this upperly mobile society, we want gratification right now. We're like this. Okay, God, I came to church. I heard 20 minutes of music. I heard 36 minutes of preaching. I did what they said. Now, God, give me what I want right now. And God's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm glad you went to church, but I'd kind of like to hang out with you. Abide with me, and I with you. I mean, like tomorrow morning, open my book. Talk to me. If you want to progress in this Christian life, let's spend some time together. And it's like a guy gets married, and he never talks to his wife. He never says thank you. He never says I love you. He never shows up. He stays out late at the bars. He's with his softball buddies, his motorcycle buddies, his, his uh, ski-doo buddies, just all his buddies. He never says anything to his wife. And then a year or two later, they come in for counseling. He goes, look, I just don't know what's wrong with our marriage here. You might try, like, hanging out with your wife once in a while. Abide in me, Jesus says. Stay with me. Spend some time with me. Look at verse 9. He says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Continue. Let's stay together, he says. So the provision for growth is Jesus himself. He is the life. He is the truth. There's no life without Jesus. There's no growth without Jesus. And the progression of that growth continues along through the purging process and through the abiding process. We grow. You thought you were having a trial, but what you might be having right now is the best time of spiritual growth that you've ever experienced in your life, if you'll let God speak to you. Then notice thirdly, not only the provision, not only the progression of growth, but notice thirdly, the product of growth, all right? Why do we want to grow? So that we can say, look at us, you know, so we look at all we do, and why do we want to grow? Look at verse 5. It says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth, what's the next two words? Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. By the way, that is so true. I am so aware of that every time I preach. If God doesn't speak to hearts, I can't do a thing. I can't save somebody. I can't make you love one another. I can't cause you to go out and make a difference in society. I can do nothing. Without him, we can't do anything today. And he says, so we've got to come to that place where we realize we can only bear fruit by him. Verse 8, herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So the product of this growth is fruit. And you see, most people don't plant a garden just because they like to pull weeds or just because you want to kill squirrels. Though that is a delightful experience. I I won't put it in the sermon this morning, all right? Most people don't plant gardens just because they want to hoe and because they like to go out there and work. Most people plant gardens because they want some produce from the garden. Our husbandman, God the Father, 
is looking to our lives, giving us his spirit and his word, and he is expecting from us fruit and much fruit and changed lives and more Christians, and the product is that we are to bear fruit for the husbandman, God the heavenly father. So the product, letter A, is that we might bear fruit. That's what God is looking for from our lives. And it says this in verse 5, and it's not our fruit, it's his fruit through us, Titus 3.14. And let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful. God says, hey, I don't want unfruitful children. I didn't save you so you could sit, soak, and sour. I want you to bear fruit, he says. I want you to bear much fruit. I want you to love. I want you to show love. I want you to be patient and kind. I want you to tell other people about Jesus. You see, the product is that we would bear much fruit. Now, that fruit comes in two quick categories. First of all, the inward fruit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in me. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc. God says, I want my spirit to bear some fruit. Some, some of you that were cranky before, I, I want you to love. And not in the eros, the Greek word eros, or erotic, or pornographic, or lustful love. I want you to love with that agape love, that, that Christ-like love. And that's something the spirit can do within your heart. He can help you to love where you couldn't love before. That's what God can do, you see. He says, I want you to have joy, not happiness, not, not like, hey, I won 100 bucks at Vegas, but then that's no fun after your next hangover. He says, I want you to have the kind of joy that only my spirit through the vine can give to you. That's the inner kind of peace and joy and love that only God can give. But then there is also the outward fruit. That outward fruit, I believe, is the souls of men. That's other people. That's someone that you tell about Jesus Christ. That's when you get a gospel track out there in the lobby or you share at lunchtime with a friend and you tell somebody else about Jesus and they hear about Jesus and they get saved and that is fruit that abounds to your account then, you see. Look, if you would, in this text and verse number 16, it says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Listen to what Paul says about fruit in Romans 1.13. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. So in that context, God is saying that when I go and tell someone about Jesus Christ and this person accepts Jesus and I bring them to Jesus and they accept Jesus as their Savior, he now is a part of the fruit that I brought in. When someone comes to Jesus, say, say, say several people in our, in our congregation this morning accept Jesus as their Savior and you receive Christ, we would refer to that as a spiritual harvest. And when somebody comes to Jesus, that's the fruit. And God says, I didn't save you, so you can just say, well, I'm glad I'm going to heaven. But God wants you to bring someone else to heaven. The psalmist said, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And we're to go out into the harvest fields and we're to compel people to come. I'm telling you, the reason that God saved us is not so we can be the best looking vine around, the best looking branch around. It's so that we can bear fruit on this branch for the glory of God, you see. Fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. D.L. Moody was an evangelist in years gone by and he was in Chicago one day. He went up to a man on the Chicago street, put his hand up on his shoulder, and he said, excuse me, sir. He said, just wonder if I could talk to you. He said, I wonder, are you a Christian? 
By the way, someone that's truly saved will never be offended at that question. Someone asked me that. Well, yes, I am. Thanks for asking. But someone that's not saved, what do you ask me that for? I'm a Presbyterian. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm saved. All right. Tell your face about it. Okay, okay. And D.L. Moody asked this guy, he says, are you a Christian? And the guy looked at him, he said, mind your own business. And D.L. Moody said to the man, he said, excuse me, sir, that is my business. My business is to tell other people about Jesus Christ. And if you know Jesus, that's your business too. Sharing the truth so that others may know him. He says, I I want you to know the product of all of this is that we might bear fruit. And then finally, that we might bring glory to God. Do we want fruit at Lancaster Baptist so we can say, wow, look at all the fruit. Wow, look at what we did. No, because remember, it's not of us. In our flesh, we can do nothing. So when someone gets saved, it brings glory not to us, but to God. Look at verse 8. The Bible says, herein is my Father glorified that ye may bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. God says, when you bear fruit, it glorifies me. Now listen very carefully. The purpose of life is to glorify God. The chief end of man is to bring glory to the Father. If you're living for yourself today, you still haven't figured this thing out. We are finite beings. Our time on this earth is temporary. If you're living for yourself, it's, a, it's an attempt at futility. We are here on this short period of time on planet earth to live for the glory of God. That's the whole reason. And Jesus says, when you bear fruit, when you bear the fruit of the Spirit in your family, and your wife senses that, and your children sense that, your coworkers see the difference of Jesus in you, when you bring others to Jesus, when all that's going on, that brings glory to God. And God receives glory when lives are changed. Colossians 3.17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Giving, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. You see, it's all for him, and it's all for his glory. So here it is. God says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now, I'm going to provide for your growth. I'm going to give you life through my vine to you. If you have never received Christ as your Savior, I would encourage you today, trust Christ as your Savior. Be grafted into the vine. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. There is none other name given under heaven whereby you must be saved. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the provision for our growth. If you have been saved, then the way to progressively grow is to be clean through the Word of God and sometimes through the trials that come into our life to seek God. And the reason that we want to grow is so that we can have a product. And the product is that we would bear fruit and that we would bring glory and honor to God. Now, before you can bear that fruit, you must be grafted by faith into Jesus Christ. Make sure today that you've accepted Christ as your Savior. Don't be like Judas Iscariot who hung around with the crowd, who saw the feeding of the 5,000, who saw the raising of Jairus' daughter, who saw Nicodemus coming forth from the grave. Don't be like Judas who saw it all but never truly believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray today, shall we? Father in heaven, thank you for this time to open the Bible and learn about what it means to be a Christian. Thank you that you used illustrations like the vine and the branches to make it more understandable for us. And I pray today that you would help us to 
examine our hearts right now in light of what we've seen. God, open up our understanding and open up hearts today. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you'd like to connect with Pastor Chapel on Facebook or Twitter, go to paulchapel.com and click on his social media links. While you're there, be sure to sign up for his free Daily in the Word email devotional and take a look at all the helpful resources. Again, that's paulchapel.com. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chapel serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chapel's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today, where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chapel's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchapel.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily.